gonna jump right into it because I want to get to altar time. We're not just gonna sing about Holy Spirit come and 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 be glorified in my life, be lifted high, and then not actually give Him time and space to do that. Right? I don't know how you came to church, but I'm looking forward forward to healing. Uh, who was here for pre-service prayer? Wave at me if you actually actually came. Okay, hands down. How many of y'all weren't here today, but you've been another day to pre-service prayer? Okay, cool. I don't know how often that list changed. There's five things that were prayed for. Number four was healing and miracles. That's something I've been praying for, and I'm believing that God is going to do tonight. I really am. So without any further ado, it is, uh, it is officially Christmas, right? Because it's December 7th. I can say that. Are y'all Christmas fans? Yes? Okay. Got some haters in the room. The Lord be with you. Amen. Um, Tonight's message is called, Catch These Hands for Christmas, y'all. Catch These Hands for Christmas. And we, I'm going to just be looking back at the whole time because I don't bring notes. I thought there might be a little, little monitor back there. I watch y'all online. I thought there'd be a TV right there. Go ahead and install one. Amen. So catch these hands for Christmas. Go ahead and tell somebody sitting next to you, you can catch these hands. Tell the other neighbor, you can catch these too. Some of y'all ain't talking. Are we friends at Excel? Is that what we do? We talking? There we go. Honestly. Be, be real in church. How many of y'all get whooped or you get hit when you're bad at school, when you do something wrong? If you ever catch an attitude with your mom or dad, you get slapped, spank, hit. Wave at me. Gio's married. He still gets slapped. I got jokes. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. Amen. Okay. Wave at me if you get hit. Ever. Oh my, what a generation. What a time to be alive. None of y'all get punished. Bless the Lord. Who gets put on timeout? Like, you get stuff taken away? Like, what do your parents do? You don't get hit ever? Hang on, what's, what's your name? Alex. Alex. When you get in trouble, when was the last time you got in trouble? For real, for real. I don't know. You're just ho- holy. Just all, you never get in trouble. But wh- what happens to you when you get in trouble at home? Either my mom yells at me or I get grounded. So when you get grounded, what gets taken away from you? I don't know. Video games or my phone. You'll be like... You're not going to play this game for the next, and it's just to give you a time frame, and then you can't. You're just in, like, you're on house arrest. You can't play your game. What? I wish I would have got that. <laughs> Yo, I didn't know it was, <laughs> I didn't know it was dysfunctional to get hit with extension cords until I became an adult. I was like, I thought everybody got hit with stuff like that. Like, anything that was around, my mom would have made this a weapon. She'd have been like, between eyes, like, she'd have got you. So I was going to ask, has anyone ever actually caught hands on Christmas? Like, you got a Christmas Day whooping. You got to be extra bad to get hurt or punished on Christmas. Okay, but my prayer for you tonight is that you catch these hands on Christmas. We're going to go that route. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Excel. Thank you for Pastor Joey, Pastor Izzy, Pastor Ariel, all the youth leaders of Excel, all the students. Lord, forgive me for the friend I just picked on who's brand new. God, I love him already. Bless him. Help him have a great time. Lord, I just pray that you would show up. I pray, Lord, that you um, would help us to move into this holiday season completely healed, God, from anything that might be troubling us, Lord. Help us not to hide stuff, because time doesn't heal all wounds. You do, Father. We have to expose them. We have to be honest. And Lord, you want to heal us, God. It's our, it's our right as children of God to receive healing. And so often we walk around just living beneath our privilege because we don't know any better, or we just we like to ignore things that hurt. God, help us not to do that tonight. That's my prayer, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. First verse, I'm going to jump right into it. Matthew chapter 8, if you're taking notes. Uh, verse 3 is actually my favorite verse. One of my favorite verses in all of scripture. I always say that, one of my favorite. It, it can't just be the favorite because it's just, it's all good. It's just too much good, Gio. So here we go. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. And forgive me, I'm just going to keep turning my back to y'all. Large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Real quick, he had just finished preaching the sermon on the mount. Arguably, not in my opinion, it is the greatest sermon 
ever preached. And I know Pastor Joey and Pastor Izzy be throwing down, but this is the best sermon ever preached. It takes up three chapters in Matthew, and he just finished. People's minds are like, what did he say? Did you hear that? Love your enemies. I'm about to slap all my enemies. What? He's bringing like a new way of life. I don't know, but I like this dude. And they're just following him everywhere Jesus went. He had crowds and crowds of people. So everyone's just rolling down a mountainside together. That's the scene. Verse 2. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. A man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Real quick. What do y'all know about leprosy? Talk to me, students. What, what is leprosy? Student Geo, he knows everything. Any kids in the room, have you ever heard of leprosy? Wave at me if you've heard of leprosy. My man in the back is like, mm, they don't sell robitussin for that here. I never, I never heard of it. Truth is, it's actually a nerve condition, right? But back in the day, people used to think it was a contagious skin disease, right? So what would happen, let me rewind. How many guys would think it would be awesome not to feel any actual physical pain in life? How many guys think that'd be awesome? Wave at me if you're like, I wish. You think it'd be awesome? I do too. I used to think so. But have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you make your way to the bathroom and you kind of start, it's dark. Y'all ever try to keep your eyes halfway closed so you can stay kind of sleepy so you can go right back to bed? Right back. So we're doing that and you pass by the dining room table and you, oh! That is a pain. Who's ever been there? Wave at me if you've been there. I'm talking about the pinky toe, y'all, the one that just died. It immediately resurrects. It just goes. You're like, I used to love you. We think it's a gift. If we wouldn't be able to feel that, we just like, oh, I felt a force, but nothing hurts. Let me just go use the bathroom. What happens when we don't feel pain, we don't know how to adjust, right? So on the way back, you twist your ankle, but you don't even feel it. So you're just like, I feel no pain. So now you're walking around the crib like this, just like, and you look down, all of a sudden there's like a knife in your leg. You're like, how did that get there? You don't know when it happened because you didn't feel it. And as a result, people would start to get deformed and look nasty and grimy. And they had all kind of laws written about people who had leprosy. Y'all, if the wind was blowing in the direction you were in, they couldn't be within a certain amount of yards from y'all. Like you'd walk in and be like, bro, if you don't get your nasty self out of here, dog, the breeze is hitting me. I'm not trying to get that, dog. And, like, they'd be, they'd be like, so they got banished. Like, Geo, if you got it, you'd be like, oh, I'm married. Not anymore. You would literally get sent to a different colony to live by yourself. Your wife, Excel, nobody would ever see you again because they just couldn't. You'd be off and banished. And those leper colonies were gang. You think Chicago's rough. Oh, my word. They would just kill each other. They'd be, like, fighting, stealing, just doing whatever it took. It was lawless. It was, like, just prison but without bars. It was horrible. So it was a lonely thing. It was a horrible thing. It was a death sentence while you were still alive to have leprosy. And nobody, of course, didn't want to get in, the, in your breeze, the path of your breeze. It was the loneliest disease you could ever get because no one will ever actually try to touch you again. And if they do, they'll curse you to the day you die. You did this to me. And you'd be considered ceremonially unclean if you touched a leper. You got banished to the leper colony even if you didn't catch leprosy. It was done. It was that serious. So all of a sudden, coming down the mountainside, all these healthy people, like, man, this dude Jesus is awesome. He's pretty, you know what I'm saying? He did, he did his thing. I love the message. All of a sudden, this leper just comes out of nowhere. And they used to have to wear bells so that you could hear. If you heard the bell, you're like, ah! Like, you just ran because you knew, like, they're there. I'm not going to be there because we can't take that risk. This is life and death, being near this person. So a leper rolls up and says, Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Next verse. This is the favorite, one of my favorite verses in all scripture. I love this verse. 
Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Leave it up there for one sec. Jesus reached out and touched him. What comes next? I am willing. Not, not exactly. Everyone goes there. Though. Jesus reached out and touched him. What comes right next? What's, what's, what's right after that? I am willing. We, just, we went there a couple seconds. Amen, amen. Not exactly. Jesus reached out and touched him. What's immediately after that, y'all? You see it? Yeah. A period. Why is that important? There's different translations of scripture. This is from the New Living Translation. They'll throw a comma in there. And can I get a, I need a, I need a volunteer real quick who doesn't mind me, me, me messing with you a little bit. Gio, come on, because the people looking scared. Come on, man. In church. I'm going to just put my water. You're the guardian of my, my agua. All right, so, so G's over here. G, you're, you're the leper, so, so scream out to me for healing. You know what you do. I'm just coming down the mountain. That's, that's, your, that's, your, cry for, that's your cry for help? There it is. Okay, cool. And what, what you want me to do for you, dog? Okay. And what, what, what are you, the verse is right there. What, what do you say to me exactly? Oh, my bad. Rewind one because we're messing G up. We'll go to verse two. You know what I'm saying? Verse two. Okay, there it is. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I love the fact, we could go back to verse 3. It says, Jesus reached out and touched him, period. Other translations have the comma, so it makes it look like, if y'all, y'all are assemblies of God. By the way, I'm born and raised. I, I, still, I still got that in my blood. That's me. I'm in a non-denom church now, so it's funny. I worship with, like, former Presbyterians, and they're, they're called, like, the Frozen Chosen. So they don't move during worship at all. Y'all were getting like, Holy Spirit, come to like. They just be, they love the Lord, but they just be chilling. Like, if it gets real good, they might be like, half a hand up. So y'all are used to seeing stuff. And I know Pastor Joy is y'all, your preacher. Pastor Joy got them heavy hands, bless God. So he's, he believes in laying on her hands. I love that there's not a comma here because this isn't a Benny Hen, if you guys know who that is, type of touch. This isn't like, you want me to heal you? Yes. You want me to heal you a dirty little leper? Yes. All right, you ready? Because you know I got the power, right? right. Here it comes. Hatugit. And I just lay them out, right? And we know those touches. Like, we blow on you, do whatever. It's not that kind of touch. Because it just says Jesus reached out and touched him, period. It's just a touch. And I just pictured this man with an uncurable, untouchable disease. You don't mess with that. And he's saying... If you're willing, I know you're powerful enough, but like if, like if you're willing, you could do it, you know? And I wouldn't dare. They didn't have HD, they didn't have 4K. We don't, we don't know what it actually looked like. But I just imagine you had your head down because you're just like, I can't even look at you. I'm so dirty. So I'm like, am I willing? <laughs> yeah, I'm willing. And it's, just, it's this touch. It's this touch. It's, it's, it's an affectionate touch. There's something more there than just that. And thank you so much. Y'all give it up for G. Y'all give it up for G. So it got me thinking, why does Jesus lay hands on people? Because that ain't the first time in Scripture that he lays hands on people. You read your Bible, you see all sorts of instances where Jesus is physically reaching out and touching people. Why? Why you got to touch me? Why, what are you doing, Jesus? Why, why are we doing that? And he touched all sorts of people that we would just not think to be anywhere around. Amen. First group of people he touched are one, ones that I want to highlight today. He touched infected people. He touched sick people. I think I have that. Mm-hmm. In, infected people. This is Peter's mother-in-law. She's laying in bed. She has a fever. They had been out ministering, and they're like, bro, we got to ask Jesus to, like, 
Peel Mom, she's super sick. And it wasn't like, some of y'all get a fever now, no big deal. Get some, get some Tylenol if you're Hispanic. No se puso weeks. You put the weeks on, and you, put, you know what I'm saying? Do you? And you're healed. Amen. It's miraculous. People back in the day would die from a fever. Like, life expectancies were even shorter because, like, they didn't have access to the health care that we do. It's just everywhere. We could just go buy drugs 24 hours a day based on where you live. You could just drive to get some. So this was a big deal to them. And if there's a sign of a fever, that means there's more than likely an infection. That's what causes fever. So you don't hang out with infectious people. Can I get an amen? Okay. How how many of y'all got more paranoid about life after Rona, where every time somebody coughs, you're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You just move. I felt so guilty the other day because my my father-in-law got Rona, and (laughs) my wife, wife, she took uh, her brother to the Mariah Carey Christmas concert on Sunday. So they went. She was like, you want to go? I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. I stayed at home. And they went. And then her mom came over to make Noah some food because I'm not the best cook in the world. Amen. I can't be good at everything, y'all. I burn everything. So, so grandma comes over, and I'm like, hold up. Didn't you say your dad has Rona? And she's like, yeah, but he's been quarantined. I'm like, but she's just going to come over here? What if she's sick? And I'm like, I ain't trying to be sick again. I've had it twice already. I get it every year coming back from Breakaway. That's when I get Rona, by the way. It's like, it's just the camp bug, right? Shout out to Breakaway, ISM fam. I got paranoid. So she shows up to the crib. I'm an affectionate person. Anytime somebody comes in and I, I love them, they know what's up. I get up immediately, greet, hug. I did not do that when she walked in. I was like, hey. And there was this awkward little tension there. And then, like, I guess she was looking at my wife, Diane. Diane's looking at her. And I was like, I didn't even notice it because I was just... I tried to play it off. I was just like, let me watch football. I was like, I'm going to die in a minute. I'm going to get the Rona again. And I'm like, and then my wife just calls me out. She's like, he's just a little paranoid that you might have Rona. I'm like, how are you going to say that out loud? Put me on blast. So I felt bad, right? But Jesus, watch how he interacts with people who have fevers, who have infections. This is Peter's mother-in-law. We can go to that verse. So he went to her bedside. Y'all read the next part. Okay, we're going to try again. CPS, amen, amen. Y'all help me out with the um, italic underlined pieces of scripture, amen. We're going to read the Bible together. So he went to her bedside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Took her by the hand and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. I think he just healed her because he wanted, like, lechon. He was hungry, like, let me, help go to, let me go ahead and fix grandma so we could be good here. He says he grabbed her by the hand, and then the fever left her. It wasn't like she was healed, and then he's like, all right, I can touch you now, because I ain't going to get the cooties. Like, no, 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 he, he touched her by the hand. Who else did he touch? He touched people who were possessed. Possessed people. How many of y'all like scary movies? Aaron, you a scary movie fan? I am too, but I'm more like, give me a, a true story that's scary, right? I'm not like, Pastor Nelson, have you ever seen The Exorcist? No! I don't want to see The Exorcist. Why? Because as sure as God is real, so is Satan, and so are demons. And I ain't trying to invite none of that in the crib. I'm good. We're all sold out here. Ain't no, ain't no available rooms in my house. Jesus touched people who were possessed. And some of y'all, I'm not even going to ask. Y'all don't even get spanked. I know you've never been to a service where you saw a demon cast out of somebody. Has anyone ever been to a service like that where someone was literally possessed? Of course, my two youth leaders are with me. You've seen it? Okay, cool. I remember being a shorty. Straight up Spanish Pentecostal church. We got it. This one lady goes up for an altar call. And something's wrong. She's like, every time they try to pray for her, she was like, mm. why is she growling though? Like, whoa. And they're like, and immediately the pastor's like, oh, something's up here. And I'm like eight, not knowing what's happening. And I'm just, I'm nosy as all get out. Like, 
dude, they start asking her, say the name of Jesus. Say the name of Jesus. And she's like, no. And I'm like, ah! I'm freaking out all the way. I'm like, what in the world is happening? Bro, they start praying for her, laying, putting oil all over her. I'm eight years old. Like, what's up with the oil? What's, she greasy. And they just start praying for her. And all of a sudden, she starts foaming at the mouth. All this white stuff just starts coming out. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's getting real. And they always used to tell us, this is just people saying stuff, if you have your eyes open during that part, the demon can come in you. So I remember somebody leaned over and told me, and I was like, because I, I was just watching. And then as soon as they told me, I was like, what you say? The, de- the demon can, <laughs> eyes closed, just locked in. I do not play that. I do not play that. So there's this little 12-year-old, I think it's 12, it's a boy. He's being tormented by demons. Here's what happens when Jesus rose up on the scene. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. I was going to ask for a volunteer, but I don't want nobody doing that. We're going to pass on that one, worship leader. Amen, amen. The boy appeared to be dead. Let's try it one more time. The boy appeared to be dead. Probably because he was dead. Uh, a murmur ran through the crowd. <laughs> as people say, he dead. That boy died. Did you see that? That boy dead. He dead, dead. Like he dead. Next verse. But Jesus took him by the hand. There we go again. We're seeing a theme here. Took him by the hand. Why? Why you got touched? Why you got touched that? I'm not. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to pray for you from a distance. There's no distance in prayer. Amen. I'm going to pray for you on this side of the sanctuary. We're going to be Gucci. Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet. And he stood up. He healed this man. He, he Earlier, a couple verses before that, he just gets rid of demons. He's like, y'all got to go. And they're like, all right, bet. You're in charge of everything. We're gone. And everyone's freaking out. He's dead. He's like, mm, get up. And he touches him. He touches. Who else does he touch? We're talking about someone who looks dead. Let's talk about actual dead people. How many of y'all, uh, they don't even get spanked. Why do I keep asking y'all questions? I was going to ask who's touched a dead body. No, let me not go there. You don't touch dead bodies, especially maybe after, once they're funeralized, they get cleaned up, they get drained. It's a beautiful process, actually. My sister thought about entering that as a career. Amen. But when it first happens, you don't do that. Pores open up. All kind of infections and toxins in the body are released. You don't want to be around a dead body if you don't know what you're doing. You can become very ill. You can die. You don't want to do that. Jesus touched dead things. He touched dead bodies. This is, um, Jair, I believe this is uh, Jairus' daughter. He's like, Lord, my daughter's about to die. She's sick. Like, can you come to the house and just like, I don't know how you do what you do, but can you do it for my daughter? Please, please, please. please. He's like, yeah, let's go. On the way there, anybody remember the story? There's a crowd pressing around. All of a sudden, somebody touches the hem of his garment, touches his robe. Y'all remember? Who was it? Uh-huh, the woman with the issue of blood. So even that, we're talking about catching hands and how Jesus, why was he laying hands on people? Jesus actually let people lay hands on him. How wild is that? You're going to tell me the God of heaven and earth couldn't have prevented a woman who was just bleeding straight for 12 years to touch her? He knew she was coming. He knew she had faith like, I've tried every doctor. I've, I've tried, I tried Vicks. I said, puso Vicks. Nothing works. I'm, I'm just going to go after this dude they call Jesus. I've heard people say he's, he's a healer. People say this. I'm just, I don't even need to talk to him. I think if I could just get close enough to just like, Touch a little piece of yarn on this man. I just, I believe there's something in me that believes I'll be healed. And she goes for it. She wasn't supposed to be reaching out, touching nobody because she was dealing with an issue of blood. She was, according to Levitical law and Mosaic law, she was ceremonially unclean. And if you touch somebody, you defile them and then they become unclean. 
They got to go through this whole long process before they can reenter society and the church and do all this stuff. You just don't do that. But she was desperate. She was tired of being broken. She tried everything else, and she reaches out, and she touches him. And I love it because the disciples are just like, their answer, he's like, who touched me? He just stops the crowd. There's like hundreds, and they're like, bruh. <laughs> it's like taste the Chicago pact out here. Talking about who touched you. Everybody touched you. I touched you right now. Look, I'm touching you. What? He's like, no, no, no. This was different. I felt healing virtue leave my body. Who touched me? And he knew who it was. And she's just there realizing, I'm healed. Like, I feel it. I felt it happen. And she just fesses up. He's like, daughter, your faith has made you well. Beautiful story. But to me, it almost looks like an interruption to the original plan. What was the original plan? Jairus said, come to my crib because my daughter is, she's sick, she's dying. Now they're stopping, looking to find out who touched me in this crowd. And, oh, good for you, you got your healing. But while that happens, some people run up to Jairus and they're like, bruh. I don't know how to tell you this. Um, your daughter died. So, like, uh, take all the time you need. But, like, don't trouble the master anymore. Like, look at all these people. They all have needs that are important. The clock, clock ran out, man. I'm sorry. He didn't get there quick enough. Like, it's over. It's dead. It expired. It's just, it's done. So don't trouble him. I'm so sorry to be the one to tell you, but she's, she passed away, man. And they walk away. Now, I wonder what that face looked like. And Jesus, privy to everything going around, he just looks over and tells him, don't be afraid. Not to be afraid in that situation. You just told me my daughter's dead, and you're telling me not to be afraid. So they roll over to the house, and here's what happens. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. And the crowd was like, you have so much wisdom, Lord. No, this is what the crowd did. The crowd laughed at him. Y'all ever been laughed at, and you were right about something? Where you're like, Michael Jordan's way better than LeBron. Somebody's like, ha, ha, ha. You're like, no, that's actually true. Why would you? Never mind. Amen. Jesus knew what he was talking about. Sure, she was dead in their eyes. But guys, we serve a God who's so powerful, he makes death look like a nap. He's like, no, nah, with your vision, she's dead. She's only sleeping. So he's like, they're like, ha, ha, you're so silly. But he made them all leave. I love that. Just kicks everybody out. Like, that's funny, right? <laughs> There's a door. You ain't got no faith. But I'm, I'm here crying. <laughs> Crowd side. It ain't done yet. It ain't done yet. God doesn't operate on our timetables. And I wonder how many of us are going through things right now that we think, man, this is, just, this is always just going to be this way. This is something I'm going to have to carry and deal with my entire life, and I hate this. Or, man, if God would have answered my prayer like last year, maybe I'd have been all right. But now it's just too late. We don't operate on regular time uh, estimations. And when we have God, God is not restricted to time or space. He does what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Next verse. Y'all help me out here. One, two, three. Holding her hand. Again. Why are you throwing hands, Jesus? Always throwing hands. Just, just reaching out, touching people, grabbing people. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means little girl, get up. I don't know. Do I have another verse after that or no? I think I do. Okay, play. Run that beautiful bean footage. And the girl who was 12 years old. We got any 12-year-olds in the room? 12-year-old boys or girls? Okay, 12. 12. Let's go. Let's go. The girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. They heard what God can do. They heard what Jesus can do. They heard the stories from other people. They believed it. It was credible people telling them, 
you should have been there. Like, dude had no arm. And Jesus was like, come here, come here, homie. And all of a sudden, it was like, ah, like he had an arm. Like, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, you, this guy's amazing. You got to know him. And I heard it, but he, he dad and mom, they, they tried Jesus for themselves. And now watching the reality of God literally raise someone from the dead, and it's their daughter. Everything. Bro, kids are, your kids are everything. Even though if you think like, man, my parents, they can't stand me. They love you more than anything in life. They should anyway. And if that's not the case, I apologize. To know you is to love you guys, seriously. And they're like, our, our life just ended here. Like, I don't even want to live anymore. My child's dead. She's supposed to be burying me. How am I about to have a funeral for my 12-year-old girl? And he's like, she's only sleeping, bro. He takes her by the hand. Little girl, hey, wake up, baby. Comes back from the, comes back from the dead. Who does that? Only God. He touches infected people. He touches possessed people. He touches dead people. Why? Why? Why does Jesus constantly reach out and touch people? And scripture doesn't give a specific answer for this, but I, I know it. Gio was a leper. He's like, you know, he had his head down kind of bashful. It's like, I mean, if you're willing, like if you want to, I, I, I know you have the power. Like I, there's something, I know you have the power. I know you can, but like, do you want to? And, 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 and if you wanted to, like, I, I know you could, but, like, if, you know, if you're willing. I just love that. He just walks up to this leper <laughs> and just puts his arm around him. He's like, am I willing? <laughs> Look at me. Could you imagine looking Jesus face to face? Could you imagine feeling just the caress of God's hand on your face? I, I'd, I'd lose it. I'd be like, this is, this is happening. And my favorite, one of my favorite things about Jesus Every situation where he came in contact with something that should have made him dirty and made him unclean never went that way. Why? Because Jesus is the one who changes whatever he touches. That's how it works. The woman with the issue of blood, he should have immediately been defiled and he shouldn't have been able to perform ministry for a certain amount of time because he came in contact with that. It was the law. But Jesus is bigger than the law. He's the fulfillment of the law. And when we touch him with our dirt, all of a sudden his holiness comes into us. It's not the other way around. And he's able to do that. I think about Moses. I don't have any verses for this, but Moses, when, he, when he's running after he kills the Egyptian and he's living out there, and all of a sudden he sees this little burning bush. And he's like, what's going on? That bush is weird. Like, why is it on fire? Let me go see what's up. And he rolls up and he hears this voice. Y'all remember what the voice says? He says, remove the sandals from your feet because the ground you are standing on is holy. What, what, what ground does a bush grow in? Talk to me. What is it, tile, porcelain? What, what does a bush grow out of? Dirt. So there's a bush there on fire. It's in dirt. I'm standing on the same dirt. You're telling me to take off my shoes? Because this dirt is dirtier than that dirt? Like, I'm, I don't understand what you're saying. He's like, you know what the difference between the dirt you're standing on two feet away from this bush is? The presence of the living God. And we serve a God who's so holy, he makes dirt clean, y'all. Don't lose that. Don't lose your awe that I love that. So why does Jesus always lay hands? Why are you always touching people, Jesus? You're always just out there just reaching out. And I wrote it this way. They caught his hands because they caught his heart. Some of y'all are like, I'm going to read that seven more times and it's going to make sense. They caught his hands because they caught his heart. He touches because, think about this. Think about creating everything, and now you're a human in your own creation for this little window of time for 33 years, and you have the opportunity to be like, I made Gio. Like, come here, dude. Like, yeah. 
Hold on, let me feel your back. Uh-huh. There's that little piece of your spine, this little bony right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made that. Wow. My creation, my guy. He touches, listen, because he loves. He touches because sometimes words aren't enough to express love. He touches for the same reason anytime my son wants to sit next to me on the sofa and watch some monster trucks or watch Blippi or whatever that boy's into, four years old. Daddy, can I sit by you? Can you sit by Put that boy on my lap. I'm hugging him. I'm constantly kissing him. I'm constantly rubbing his head. I cannot not hug my son. I can't not not kiss my son. I, I have to. I have to. It would be painful to live in a world where I could not ever be physically affectionate with my own kid. He touches because he loves. He loves. And he, he answered the question, not only with a healing, instantly the leprosy disappeared, right, in Matthew chapter 8. But he answered it before he even did that. He's like, am I willing? Does this look like I'm willing? And everybody's like, oh, no, Jesus, don't touch him. He's not. Oh, he touched him. Oh, we're going to miss Jesus. He's going to get sent to that leper colony. <laughs> it's bogus over there, Jesus. You shouldn't have done that. All of a sudden, just leprosy disappears. And people are like, I don't care how close you think your friends are. They will only go with you so far. When you're dealing with something, even a good friend, they'll be like, hey, man, I'm just calling to check up on you. How you doing? I'm all right. Oh, how you doing for real? <laughs> I'm just so sad. You start spilling. That's good if you got a friend that will listen to that. Most people that are good friends, they can listen to it for a little while. But listen, everyone gets compassion fatigue after a while. If you're hurting for months and years, and you're just still dealing with that same pain. People just like, uh, I'm not even going to ask her how she's doing because I already know what she's going to say. I ain't got time for that. It's too messy. I don't want to get involved in that situation. Like, that's, that's messy. I got my own drama. I can't deal with that. God wants to be in your mess. He wants to be in your hurt. He wants to heal you from those things that you would rather not even talk about. He's still throwing hands today. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Still throwing hands. Still wants to reach out and touch. And I was just thinking about this because I'm like, oh, oh, God. Can we receive it for Christmas? And I forgot how I phrased it on the last slide. So you got to help me out. I need the conference runner. <laughs> oh, my bad. That was, will you catch them for Christmas? Will you catch those hands for Christmas? We're 13 days away from the one-year anniversary of my mom dying. She died from ALS, and uh, man, I want so desperately to be just filled with joy and excited about Christmas, because I love Christmas, but even as it's creeping, it's like this, the memory of like getting that phone call at like 4 something in the morning to tell me the moment I knew it was going to come anyway happened, like mom died, and I was just like, it really happened, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, okay, it's December 20th, it's, it's two weeks, it's less than two weeks away, I already got one of my youth leaders we're having a game night that night. She's in charge of all the games. I'll be there if I feel like being there. And if I feel like, you know what, my heart is heavy today. I just want to go grieve. That is a beautiful thing. The Bible says, blessed are those who mourn. I will mourn at the crib. Y'all have service, right? I went to see my, my counselor. who was, uh, He was a former pastor for 15 years. I love my counselor. I believe in Jesus and therapy, by the way. Amen. Holistic approach. I know people be like, don't you have enough faith? Just pray. Um, yeah, I have faith to believe, faith to be healed. You need to process some stuff. Our lives are like onions. There are layers. And professional help is a good thing. My man gave me homework. He told me, I want you to bring five pieces of souvenirs that remind you of your mom. And we're going to talk about your mom because I want to I revisit that. Because he's like, I feel like we need to go back to grief because 
Is anyone like me when something hurts bad enough, you don't want to sit with it? You'd rather turn on Netflix. You'd rather go talk to somebody. Wave at me if you're like that. You're like, I'll, I'm going to do anything to just avoid thinking about what I'm thinking about that's making me cry. Yeah. Everyone waving at me, I can relate to you because I do it. And it's not healthy. It's a horrible, horrible habit. Break it now. And we're conditioned by society. Every time we cry, you ever see somebody crying? They're like, I'm sorry, I'm crying. Has anyone ever apologized to someone for crying? Why do we do that? Because we look at crying like it's a bad thing. No, no, no. It is a beautiful thing. Cry, mourn, release. Because what you don't release and deal with, you carry, and it scars you and kills you later on in life. My therapist asked, tell me about your mom. And I'm like, oh, I was dreading. Gio, I don't want to go to therapy that day. I knew I was going to be, I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt. So I was like, all right, what can I tell you about my mom? And I started telling him all these things. And some of you guys, I've preached here before. You guys have heard some of this. My, my, my father cheated on my mom several times, and he was a functioning drug addict. But before she was ever bitter and upset with him, things happened when she was your age. She had a sister who got hit by a, a drunk off-duty police officer while they were playing outside and got killed. My grandmother, y'all, I didn't know this until I went to the funeral. My sister told me. Blamed my mom for her death. She said, you're the bigger sister. Where were you? If you, weren't, if you were watching, she'd have been dead. This is your fault. She pinned that on my mom. Her dad dies not too long after that. He's a World War II veteran, decorated, has medals, proud of him. I didn't know him. He died before I, I came on this earth. My grandmother pinned my grandfather's death, my mom's dad's death on her. Says, this is your fault. He was so stressed out about this. This is, this is your fault. You're the reason he's dead. You're the reason she's dead. I didn't know that, guys, until this year. You know why I didn't know that about my mom? Because she never talked about that. Why? Because it hurts so bad. I'm just going to bury this thing and hope it goes away. It does not go away. That stuff left unchecked and untreated grows into bitterness and anger, and it spreads into every single area of your life. I wonder how many people in this room have had negative things spoken over their life. And maybe it's not as heavy as like, oh, you killed this person or you're responsible, but you're stupid. You're going to be just like your no good dad. You know what? Everybody else is able to follow directions. How come you're not? What is wrong with you? I wish, man, you make me regret having you sometimes. Or, or maybe a teacher said something to you, a coach. You're like, I'm just trying to make the team. Well, <laughs> you don't got what it takes, man. You, I've seen more athletic ability in a, in a pencil. Like you just go, go do something else, man. I'm trying to get into this college. No offense, that's an Ivy League college. You don't have the brains for that college, young lady. Sorry. How many lies have been spoken over us, man, that we believe? And that's the thing about a lie. The longer you entertain it, the more it becomes true to you, and it changes your entire life. My mom died from ALS, a mild traffic, uh, mild tra uh, traffic lateral sclerosis. They don't know why people get that disease, but I can tell you that people get diseases from stress. I can tell you that stress leads to weight gain. It leads to depression. It leads to anxiety all kind of heart issues. I hate that I had to ask my dad and my sister, do you, think, do you think mom ever forgave dad? She was a Christian. She was a believer, but she was, she was hurt. She was bitter. She didn't want to let that stuff go. And it happened while she was your age, guys. And I was thinking about tonight, thinking about walking into a youth group with people her age when she was cursed and carrying that and being real quiet about it as well as all other kinds of forms of abuse. She went through it all, guys. She did. 
And I thought to myself, I would hate for any student in Excel to walk in this room with that kind of baggage and luggage and hurt and just walk out like, the same. What a waste of time in the house of God if we do that. And while we're singing, Holy Spirit, come. And then he's here right now, guys, and he wants to heal. And we decide, you know what? This is uncomfortable. This is scary. Like, I'm not going to tell nobody about this stuff. I'm just going to swallow this. I'm going to stay right here, and you're going to leave the same way. Like, why come to church, man? I don't want to waste my time playing church. I want to have church. And then I want to go out and be the church, guys. God has plans for your life. He wants to use you to help heal others with the comfort he gives you, but you got to be willing to be comforted first. You got to open up. I wonder how many people in here have things going on in their lives that they have never told even their parents. Maybe your youth leaders are like, man, this is a good kid. They have no idea what you're dealing with. No idea that you've had suicidal thoughts. No idea that you're struggling with anxiety, like nothing's wrong. The presence of a stressor is not there. You're just anxious. Like, I just feel like something bad's going to happen. I don't know what's going on. I want you to be healed, and it's because God wants you to be healed. That's why he touches. That's why he lays hands. He's still throwing them today. He is. So I don't know what the norm here is, but can we, can we normalize prayer in the house that Jesus said shall be called the house of prayer? He says, my house shall be called the house of prayer. Not preaching, not worship, and I'm preaching, and I was worshiping with you, girl. You can sing all y'all. You weren't even on team today, but you, I already know you. You, you sang. I was worshiping. My house shouldn't be called any of that stuff. My house should be called the house of prayer, where we invite God into situations in our lives and be like, I don't even know how you can fix this, but I'm going to try you out, and I'm just going to confess this stuff because I've been carrying it too long, and it's killing me. Maybe it's an issue of sin. Maybe you're like, man, I've been doing something low-key nobody knows about, or I had just one day where I was off, and I said something to somebody, and now my friend group is ruined at school. They don't want me sitting with them at lunch, and it's just like, oh. I hate my life now. And it's just like there's, there's so many different things we could be carrying that nobody knows about. I want you to have a good Christmas, but I want you to have a good December 7th tonight. I want you to sleep like a baby. I want weights to be removed off your life that maybe you don't even know you're carrying. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to say a quick prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what it is he wants to heal you from if there's anything. And when he does, and some of y'all don't even need to pray, you're like, I already know what it is. I'm crying and I'm sweating in my seat right now. Amen. Can we pray in the house of prayer, guys? So I'm going to do this. Leaders, uh, all my youth leaders who pray for people, y'all come up. Let's just line the front. Let's do that. Thank you so much. My good host. Look at him grabbing podiums. Come on. The Bible says that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I can't help but think that my mom's life got cut a little bit more short than it should have because she internalized this stuff and she never let it out. I don't want that to be the same for you. I don't know about you, but I think about dying sometimes. Like, you do? Yes, we're all mortal. You should. I want to die like a sponge where God is just like, I know there's another drop in here. You know what I mean? I want to die empty. Every idea he's given me, he wants me to write a book. I don't even like it. Like, I like reading. I'm not trying to write one. I'll do it if he wants me to. I'll go preach to two kids somewhere in China if he wants me to. I don't care. I just want to do every single thing that God has for me to do. I don't want to die full of ideas. And I think about that every time I drive past the cemetery. I wonder how many unwritten books are in here. Movies. Gee, I love that you're like entrepreneurish. Like you just, with photos, with this, with that, you just be getting it. And it's like, okay, 
anybody hates on that, it's probably because they got ideas too, but they just don't have the grind to go after them, right? Go after it. Do what you got to do, but don't let the weight of pain and, and curses that have been spoken over your life and, and just disabilities of all sorts, spiritually, physically, limit you. Go after God. So would you guys stand with me? You guys can stand with me. Man, what's Morse code? Y'all was looking at me. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, even right now, God, as we're rising to our feet, Lord, would you point out areas in our life where we need to be healed by you? Help us to surrender completely. And we're not coming up here uh, uh, for counseling sessions and being up for 20, 35, 40 minutes where we're, they're giving us all this advice. We're just going to come up and say, listen, Gio, here's what I've been carrying. Here's what I'm struggling with. Like, I, I, both my parents are at home, but I, every time I go around my dad, he's like, he's never going to ask time for me. And it's just like, I just, I, just, I just miss him. I just feel like I'm not important. I just feel like, would you pray for me about that? And we're going to pray. And God's going to heal. It's as simple as that. But God can't heal, as your pastor Joey says, what you won't reveal. We just got to be honest with it in church. So let's do that. In Jesus' name.